England's one-day team is in chaos. Andretti Cadillac stepping up their bid to join Formula 1. And Sean Dyche enters a chaos at Everton. My name is Ricky Christian and welcome to another episode of the Round the Outside Podcast. So, first of all, England's one-day team is in absolute chaos after their fifth straight loss in uh, one-day cricket. They've just lost um, the series to South Africa in Bloemfontein. And, yeah, as I said, alarm bells are ringing um, for Joss Butler's side after, obviously, they were so focused on the um, T20, uh, T20 World Cup and T24. No, I'm going to won that one. Um, but they're struggling. Yeah, they're struggling um, in one-day cricket. So it's a, that's a bit bit worrying. Um, that's their, I think it's their fifth loss. Yeah, fifth straight defeat. Um, I th- yeah, I mean, I, obviously we have to take into account. There's no, I mean, personal, pers- like not a lot of personnel there. Key personnel, like even Ben Stokes isn't there. I know that's the key. I know they're not there. I know Stokes is not there. I know Bairstow's not there. Um, I know, obviously, they might be... I think they're missing... Um, what else are they missing? Joe Root's not there. Um, but, I mean, they're still pretty good. If I look at the team that played against um, South Africa in that last game, I see Roy, Brooke, Butler, Moeen, Wokes, Curran, Rashid, and Topley. Those are eight players who are probably going to be in the at the World Cup. So, yeah, I mean, like, it's not looking good. It's not looking good. Um, I feel like that there are some positives to take. Though, I mean, obviously, South Africa are amazing. Um, even the and in that, especially in that run chase, they're so composed. I think, especially Bavuma setting the tone, and then um, David Miller at the end as well. Mark also played a handy little innings. But I feel I feel as if England just in the with the ball. I think that that's a massive struggle. Obviously, they haven't been able to get enough um, enough. They haven't been able to get wickets as frequently as they used to with the ball. Um, I think obviously without Liam Plunkett, that's not obviously a massive issue. But um, I feel like there was all there's too much build up through two thousand nineteen that you know that we just sort of lost it. Um, after that, I feel like there was not any, there was no real sort of planning for the future after 2019, which just saw, let's get, let's win the 2019 World Cup and then we'll figure it out from there. I mean, Mott's obviously come in, he's had about a year to prepare for a World Cup, which is not ideal. Um, but there were definitely some positives. Harry Brook played very well. Joss Butler obviously played very well, leading from the front. Uh, Jason Roy got 100. In the first game, and especially in the first game, like we had a massive collapse. I think we lost like seven for seventy-five. So I mean, there are a massive amount of cracks that we can paper over them for as long as we can. But you know, we there's there's got to be a time where England can't paper over those cracks anymore. I mean, look at the other things. I mean, Moen Ali's got some runs, um, but look at the um look at look at the figures that the bowlers had. Wokes went for ten and over. Topley went for an eight and over. Morinelli went for eight and over. Stone went for five and over. Won the pick of the bowlers. Curran went for six and over, and Rashid went for seven and over. 
I, I think you just look at that and you say, I mean, Wokes and Topley, I mean, Wokes, I'm surprised they bowled him at the death. Well, and to be fair, considering they had no one else to pick, I think I was not the smart, I think probably a forced decision. Um, but I think Topley and Wokes struggled. I, I'm surprised Topley struggled. Topley's been one of our best bowlers for the last couple couple years. I think he's, I think he's just not his form very well since he... Um, Came back from the World Cup squad. Um, he got injured for that World Cup, so he's hit his form since then. Sam Curran, just a shadow of his um normal self in the series, especially after winning played the tournament that last World Cup. I mean, Ar- Archer looked positive in that in that first game, but apart from that, you don't really see you don't really see a lot of positives, do you? I mean. Darren Milan played kind of well in that first game. He got a knock. Uh, du- ben Duckett needs to step up his game a little bit. Ben Duckett's not had a great series. First two games so far. Um, I think the especially even in the first game, like David Willey goes for uh, six and over. Archer goes for eight and over, um, even though he got a wicket. Um, Ali goes for six and over. Curran goes for four and over. Rashid goes for six and over. Stone goes for five and over. Stone, Al- Ollie Stone, credit to him. Ollie Stone's actually been pretty decent. He may, yeah, he hasn't got wickets, but he's not gone for runs. I think English should probably try and bowl him towards the death. I think maybe he'll go for less. That might be a decent solving to the um, death point problem. Sam Curran, obviously, would be the obvious choice. But I don't think there's any pain in sort of giving... In giving Ollie Stone the chance at the death, maybe just give him one game to I think just to experiment. Um, I'm I mean I'm I wouldn't be surprised if England are sort of experimenting with like maybe different roles for the world for for that World Cup. But I think they've got to realize this is going to be completely different to the pitches they're playing on. Um, India, India's going to be spinning. It's going to be turning pitches. It's going to be much harder. It's probably going to be. Getting higher scores of about three fifty, and if you you're getting three fifty for eight, and you can't defend that against South Africa, who by the way are not even are fighting to get even get, go to the World Cup. I feel like that's a step not um a good place to be, um, in terms of being having a World Cup in the ne- in the next few months. Moving on then to some news that just broke today. Um, it's that Sean Dyche has been brought in to fix Everton's problems. The good old Brexit means Sean Dyche, um, who's been out of has been out of a job since around eight since um he left Burnley, um and he got dismissed by them when they were in a relegation battle. He also um before he got dismissed he played Everton um his Burnley team played Everton and they won three two. So he knows I think I feel like he has a bit of experience of what they'll have to do. Um He's got a job to do. He's. I think you look at that. You look at the team, and you just think that team can't stay out. That team surely can't stay out. It will be a tough one to be to um, um. I think it will be a challenge for Sean Dyche, especially like because it's like I think this is um, their seventh um, manager under Farid Mashiri. So it's not. It's not looking very good for them. I I remember when Everton were top of the league under Carlo Ancelotti. How, why they didn't keep him, I don't know. I'm very surprised they didn't keep him. 
but I just, I just don't know, man. Honestly, like, I know Sean Dyche is a, I, he's a good manager. He's got Berlin to, to European football, but is he gonna keep? Is he gonna keep this team up? I mean, he's not got a lot of time. He's got one day in the transfer market if he if he wants to make any signing. He's got to find a lot of goals. That's for sure. Um, and Everton have scored. I w- I think I was reading the stat. Um, they've scored. I think they've scored about fifteen goals this season, um, which is just not good enough. They haven't replaced Richarlison. They try. They put too much faith in Dominic Calvert Lewin. Demari Gray is their top scorer of the season. He's got five goals. I feel as if they. Yeah, I, 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 I think there's just not enough. I just don't think there's enough for Everton to stay up. I, I feel like Everton need probably need to go down, rebuild in the championship, and then become a team that not like Norwich or Fulham that just are like a yo-yo team. They just go up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. They need to become a team that really sort of builds a team in the championship that can challenge in the Prem. Otherwise, I don't think they'll be able to sort of recover to winning ways and what they once were. Where have they won? How many titles have Everton won? One looks up. Everton won. <laughs> they've won no Premier. They've won no Premier Leagues, um, but they won't. Last time they won a trophy was in nineteen ninety five. They won the FA Cup, beating Man United one 0 Interesting, um, but yeah, that just shows you, that gives you a bit of context, really, as to how. As to how bad this is for Everton, like they need. They need to just, like, start from a bank page and just start again. I I I really, I really think that's what they need to do. Moving on then um, to uh, our final bit of news is that uh, Andretti Cadillac have stepped up their bid to join Formula One. Now I, d- I don't I don't remember talking about this on podcast, and that's a bit stupid because I probably should have um, talked about this. I honestly I honestly don't know why, but basically here's what happened. So Andretti had been ha- hanging around. You know, you know Michael Andretti, who was like uh, I think was it Mario? No. I think it was Mario Andretti who wanted to, who won um, the 1978 Formula 1 World Championship. But he won, and then he created Andretti, which now races in Formula E, um, IndyCar. Did they race in DTM? I think they raced in DTM as well. And now they want to join Formula 1 as an 11th team. They don't want to do like a rebrand. They want to um, create their own team. So that means it'll be 22 drivers on the grid. Now, I'm behind this. I love this idea. Um, because, you know, I, I rebrands are nice, but they're good. They're only good for like, the first one or two years. Part of, after that, it's not nice. Because we all like, everyone likes like to see new stuff. But Natalie Andretti, they're always going to be there. They're the 11 team on the grid. You know, that, that will be cool. That will be a nice thing to see, but... I'm just not a fan of being so fixed on having one, um, on having 
just fix like we have to have these we we have we have to have just um uh twenty drivers we cannot have more than twenty drivers that's i i i feel like that's not i don't think that really reflects what um formula one is it's gotta be a more inclusive sport i think andretti is i think it, it we they obviously need Amer- um, probably another american team and obviously has is an american team but i thought andretti would be a brilliant spokes um person for for american for formula one in america to really give another perspective um to formula one in america, in, in america. um and also i mean drive size obviously growing there a lot will you get an american driver or maybe two american drivers um i think with my friend dretti that said colton herter is the favorite for the seat because he drives for them in indycar if if they do get into formula one that is, he would be the he would be probably a favorite for the seat if he gets his super license, and um, I've maybe Daniel Ricciardo to pathway for him to come back into Formula One because the guy is American. Come on, the guy is literally American, so there's no reason to say no to that. So anyway, that is where I'm going to end it off for this episode of the Randy Atto Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. Um, and I'll see you for the next one. Goodbye.